Hey guys, it's time for announcements. I think we're used to this, right? This is our this is our deal. I come up on the stage, Kurt grabs a camera, you record a few announcements. You ready? You listening? Pay attention. All right, we had a great week this last week. Man, the Chosen movie night was awesome. Uh, we had a great time at the beach Saturday morning, baptizing folks. I want to give you a few. Really, there's one announcement. Okay, it's Christmas Eve. Uh, our Christmas Eve services are always so much fun. Uh, we'll have you know Christmas music, and we'll be together, and it's a candlelight service, and it's going to be uh, amazing. We have three of those services, all on the 24th, all on Christmas Eve at 4:30, 6, and 7:30 p.m. They're all going to be about an hour long, so you'll have plenty of time to work around Christmas Eve dinner. That's always special. I will probably make something in the crock pot because I'll be here most of the day. Uh, that was the big announcement. Keep downloading the app, guys. Uh, we're getting lots of great downloads on that app, and it, it has all sorts of really cool content on it. You know, you can fill out your notes, all that stuff. We're going to push the app probably for the rest of time, so get used to that. Might as well download it. Put it on your home screen. Do that. And uh, th this Christmas season's awesome, isn't it? You know, I love the, the, the Christmas trees and the, the big, giant Keys Vineyard ornament. That's really cool. And anyway, that's enough rambling. Let's get ready for church. Woo! All right. Welcome, Vineyard Virtual Family. So glad to have you with us. We're celebrating uh, this Advent season. Really good Christmas music this morning and worship. Uh, had a great time at the first service. So looking forward to spending this time with you. Then I'll be in Matthew chapter 2 today. And we're talking about the Magi. Oh, it's really good stuff. So get your Bibles. Get ready. Here we go. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, I think mine was better. Wow. Okay. That's, I'll, I'll let you have that one. <laughs> okay, cool. That's fine. Yeah. I don't have to win everything. <laughs> good morning. Fran, Fran is the winner. He's got nice, smooth radio voice. He, he's got the... Does he have the, the KVSPN microphone? He took it off because he didn't like it. He took it off what? He took the box That's thing rude. off, the newscaster That's, box off the that microphone. That thing is awesome. <clears throat> We're glad you guys chose to join us this morning. We're looking forward to spending time with you and worshiping the Word. I'm going to tell you what we'll be attempting to do in case you didn't know... We're going to start things off with communion, and Pastor Fran is going to lead us through that in just a moment. After communion, we'll have our time of worship, and we're really enjoying our Christmas hymns, and we're looking forward to having you sing along because you know them. And yay! After worship, Pastor Eugene will come up and lead the kids who would like to join her through a Bible verse. We'll dismiss them off to their Sunday school classes, and then we'll have our time in the Word with Pastor Steve as we continue in the Advent theme. Before we do any of that... Let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you come? You're amazing, Papa. We're gathered today and we're just in awe of what you have done. Papa, we thank you for all that you're doing now. We invite your presence deeper into our hearts and our minds. We want to be extensions of you, God. We want to step where you step. We want our hearts to beat with yours. Help us to draw closer to you. 
and we join with all the churches around the world where your gospel is preached with this collect. Lord Jesus Christ, who at your first coming sent your messenger to prepare the way before you, grant that the ministers and stewards of your holy truth may likewise prepare and make ready your way by turning the hearts of the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, that at your second coming to judge the world, we may be found an acceptable people in your sight. For you live and reign with the Father and Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Pastor Fran. On the night he's betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it, saying, This is my body given for you. Take and eat it in remembrance of me. St. Mary took the cup. It's the last night of the Passover celebration. Cups of plagues and sanctification and poured and celebrated. Jesus took the third cup, which cup of redemption. He said, This is my blood poured out for you. Drink this in remembrance of me. There were his friends that night. Jesus gave us the lasting ordinance, remembrance we call communion, the Lord's Supper. He said, From now on, when you get together and partake in this meal, I want to remember me. So his friends gather this morning. We too can partake in this meal. The bread and the cup, the Bible of the Lord. We remember, give thanks. Remember all Jesus has said and done and promised to do. Remember his willingness to go to the cross on our behalf. I want to remember how he died and rose again. I want to remember all in thanksgiving that he's coming back soon. So on this table are the elements of communion. The bread and the cup, the Bible of the Lord. Table's open this morning to all who believe. It says we worship and you feel led by the Spirit. Go eat, drink, remember, and give thanks. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Fran. We're going to enter into our time of worship now together, and I would encourage us all to, to sing out and to lift our voices. If you're watching us online, please participate. Participate. Had a rough time with that. My dad at the previous uh, sermon had a hard time speaking, so we're just, we're just so excited. It, it's hard to talk when you're excited. But yes, please join us. Participate. If, if we're here now, participate. See, I can say it. Sing out, lift your voices as we elevate Jesus in our midst. We'll see the words pop up all over the place. You're welcome to sit, but stand if you're able. This is Come Thou Long Expected Jesus.
comes for a little bit of hope. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. Child prays for peace on earth, and she's calling out from a sea of hurt. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel.
are so, so thankful for this time of worship in your presence, God. We adore you, Lord. We worship you, God. You're so good to us. Lord, as we're here in your presence, I would ask that you would be with us as we prepare to study your word. Lord God, would you anoint the words that are spoken to us, that are taught to us. Use those words, God. Stir up our hearts towards you. And Holy Spirit, I would ask that you be with those working with our children. God, anoint them. Give them everything that they need to show all the kids your wonderful love for them, oh God. You are so good, Lord. We love you and we thank you. And it's in your holy name I pray. Amen. Amen. And Pastor Georgina, would you please come up and teach these children a Bible verse? Boys and girls, hi. Okay, so today we are. <clears throat> I'm so sorry. Yeah, I've changed this time. <gasps> Thank you. That's so sweet. Look at that. So sweet. Okay, so we are in the second book of the most important book of all time. <gasps> Good job, Cole. Yes, sir. Bible, right? We are in the second book of the Bible. Does anybody remember what the second book of the Bible is called? It starts with an E. And an X. Eight X. Exodus. Good job. Thank you, guys. Exodus. That's right. Good job, Exodus. And we talked about Moses, right? And how God sent Moses to Egypt. And God sent Moses to Egypt with a mess with a message, right, to Pharaoh. Because Pharaoh had taken God's people and he was really mean to them and made them work really hard and even took away their children, right? Yeah, they were really mean. And God had heard, yes, God had heard their cries and God was going to rescue them. So Moses and Aaron, right, his brother Aaron helped them, went to Pharaoh and said, let my people go, right? But guess what Pharaoh said? What do you think Pharaoh said? No. That's right. He said no, right? And then Moses told them, well, God's going to send a punishment if you don't do that, right? So Moses did not care. I mean, Pharaoh did not care. Mm -hmm. Very good. He turned, the first one is he turned the Nile River into blood. That's right, right? That's what he did. Frogs. Frogs. Yeah, frogs. Very good, right? And that didn't work. So then he sent gnats, and then he sent flies, right? And then that didn't work either. Pharaoh was like, no, I'm not going to let them go. I don't care what you do, right? And then he sent, He actually, he had all the animals killed, and nothing happened. Because Pharaoh was like, oh, I don't care. I'm not going to do what your God says. I don't even know your God, he said, right? And then it continued on till, yes, sir. Until they sent the death angel. Good job, yes. The angel killed every older kid to die. Firstborn, firstborn, yeah, very good. Good job, guys. Yeah, so then God God told Moses, Moses, I am going to send this last punishment, and then Pharaoh will let them go. And Moses went to Pharaoh and told them, right, warned him, this is going to happen. you got to let God's people go. But Pharaoh said, no, I'm not going to do it, right? So then that night... All the, um, mm-hmm. son, um, son dead. yeah, all the oldest, 
of the Egyptians died, right? And the people cried out. And finally, Pharaoh let his people go, God's people go. God led his people out of Egypt. He, they were finally free, okay? But God kept the Israelites safe because they put the blood of the lamb over their post. And guess what, guys? We are saved from punishment because of Jesus, the Lamb of God, who died for our sins. Did you know that? Yeah, Jesus is called the Lamb of God, who wipes away the sin of the world. He is the Son of God. Good job. Yeah. So, and our Bible verse is... Yes, he is real. Very real. Good job. Okay, so our Bible verse, yes. So our Bible verse is from Exodus twelve thirteen, and this is what God had told the Israelites. You need to get blood from the lamb and put it over the post, right? And he said that the blood will be a sign for you on your home houses where you are. And when I see the blood, he says, I will pass over you, right? The blood will protect them. Well, I will pass over you, and no destructive plague will touch you when I strike Egypt. That's our Bible verse for today. So you guys ready to say it? Yes. Well, they're not protected then. Just like if we don't accept the blood that was shed for us for the forgiveness of sin, we're not we're not protected, right? Like God wants to protect us because He loves us so much. Okay, you guys ready? All right, repeat after me. Exodus twelve thirteen. Exodus twelve thirteen. Excellent job. The blood will be a sign for you. And the houses where where you are. And when I see the blood, I see the blood. I will pass over you. I will pass over you. No destructive. Not destructive. Fake. Will touch you when I strike Egypt. I Egypt. Excellent. The children are getting stickers because God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And then Pastor Georgina is going to pray for them and then we'll dismiss them to Children's Church. Cameron's coming, okay, guys, to give you stickers. Okay, guys, we're going to pray now, and then we can go to the classroom. Ready? Let's bow our heads, okay? Father in heaven, we thank you so much, Lord God, that you just loved us so much, Lord God, that you did the hardest thing. You were born, Father, so that you would die to take the punishment for our sins, Lord. And I pray that the little ones will understand that even better today, that amazing, encompassing, going after love that you have for them, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Have a good time. Learn well. Enjoy. The kids ask some really intense questions while they're up there. And I think to myself, I'm so glad Pastor Georgina is fielding those questions. <laughs> and they learn. You know that children's church, it's on purpose, your children are learning the word. We have them out here so you can hear it, everybody, because children, oh man, the church is 
The children, right? They're out of the church. Not the church to come. That's it. They got this. And uh, we're just here to, because they like us around. <laughs> Sometimes. Uh, welcome to the vineyard. We're so glad you're with us today. If you're a first-time guest or visitor, that little code that just popped up on the screen, if you pointed your smart device at that with a camera on, it would take you to our digital connect card, and it will ask for your name, your phone number, and your email address. If you fill it out, we will send you over the next four, five, six weeks several emails, several texts, and uh, just to let you know about the church. We'd love for you to do that. If you didn't get a gift uh, on your first, on your time in, first time guest, there's one on your way out back at guest services, so grab that. Also, we're praying for our communities, our neighborhood, and I want to make sure that we continue to do this. And, and so we're doing that, but I want you specifically to be praying for the people right around you. God has you planted where you are, and He, it's, what we can do with that is we can pray for those people around us. And, uh, they need us to be doing that. So I want you to think about them uh, right this second, and then let's just go corporately to the Father. Papa, we come before you and we pray for our neighbors. We pray for our community. We pray for these islands. And we ask, God, that you would move in the lives of our neighbors in mighty ways that they might come to know you. And we ask, God, that you would help us to love our neighbors well, because we know that's near to your heart. We ask, God, that you would bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area, that hundreds and thousands of people will come to know you as their Lord and Savior. And we give you thanks for who you are, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Very cool. Don't forget, last commercial. Download the app, please. You guys have done great. We've doubled the downloads. We went from 400 and changed to over 1,000. That's wonderful. I want everybody to have the app. And in the coming year, pretty much everything that we do will be introduced through the app. So you really need to have it. That's why uh, it's been the big push. So get that. And it's a wonderful tool. There's a lot of really cool stuff on there. And it just keeps getting better. So do that. It's been a great weekend. Uh, Friday night, we watched the Chosen Christmas special in here. Um, those of you that could come, and uh, it was really well done. If you didn't get a chance to see it with us, uh, they'll release it sometime around Christmas, I'm imagining, um, where you'll be able to get it for free on the app. Go watch it. They're doing something with that tonight, free, but it'll be a little bit different what they're showing in theaters, but it'll still be really good. Watch it. It's an amazing and well done story. And then yesterday morning, we had baptisms, and we baptized 10 people out of Bayhana. Very excited about that. So... All of that's really cool, and thank you, thank you, thank you. We're in uh, a little Advent series, and I love this time of year, uh, and uh, sort of a, um, throughout history, church history, has been these Advent sort of um, things that we go through leading up to Christmas, and the main four themes are love, joy, peace, and hope, and so we talked about joy last week, this week... We're going to talk about hope together, and we're going to look at the story in Matthew 2 in just a moment and go uh, and do that. Hey, Brandon, when you get a chance, will you close that front door for me, please, because the light hits me funny. I know you're on the camera, but you're having to multitask, dude. So I want to get into that, but let's do the bad jokes, get them out of the way. And apparently these are very bad. Did you know that alligators can live to be up to a hundred years old, which greatly increases the chances that they will actually see you later. <laughs> Better response this time than last time. We were, Alice and I were looking at some furniture 
We were looking at this new sofa. I was looking at it, and the salesman told me that it would seat five people without any problems. And I thought to myself, where am I going to find five people without any problems? They told me I should stop there, and now you'll know why in a moment. The Italian government is considering installing a clock in the Leaning Tower of Pisa. The reason? What good is it if you have the inclination, but you don't have the time? This group is way better than the last group. You are now my favorite group. But that could change. Change quickly. Turns on a dime. Turns on a dime. Good morning. Welcome again to the vineyard. Let's press into Papa, shall we, before we read the word? Daddy, you are so good to us. And in the words of our children, Lord, you are real. And Lord, I pray that that reality would come again into our hearts during this season. Lord, that we would know you more, that our heart's desire would be just to spend time at your feet, Lord. Encourage us today as we learn more about the story of your birth. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand with me, please, for the reading of the word? The text today is out of the Gospel of Matthew. This is chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem, in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I, too, may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and they worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Blessed be the word of God. Y'all can be seated. So I want to take some time and... uh, Dig into this story today, and we're we're doing that with the Christmas story. We're going to talk about hope as well, and all that help, hope means, and why we're people of hope. But the reason we need to sort of dig into the Christmas story, why I think it's so important, is that um, 
you've had, all of us have had, most of us in the room right now, have had a number of Christmases that we've celebrated. And I hope for all of you that you have lots more Christmases and lots more birthdays and all those things. But one of the things that happens when you do something a lot is that you, if you're not careful, you can kind of miss the bigger meaning. And with Christmas, because we celebrated so many Christmas, it changes, you know, the, the whole dynamic changes from when you're a kid to when you're an adult. And you spend a lot of time trying to recapture things, and there's a lot going on. But if we're not careful, we can lose sight of what Christmas is really all about, which is about the birth of Jesus and how amazing that is. And it starts to become more about other things. And we can get to the place where we kind of miss the entire event. We, it's just a big thing that we're trying to get finished with. And, and we, we need to make sure that, that we slow down and take it all in. What's really going on? What's, what's happening? What's the story all about? I've heard the Christmas story all you say so many times. Yeah, but, but we need to each year, each time, we need to sort of come at it again with a, and ask Holy Spirit to reveal it afresh and anew to us. And, and the more that you do that, the, the more that you connect in the scripture, the more it opens up. And, and I promise you, after reading the scripture now for 37 some years um, as a believer, it happens almost weekly. I'd say daily, but I'd be exaggerating. But almost weekly, where something pops out of the Word I'd never seen before. And I've read it a lot of times. And I love that about the Word and, and our relationship with Him and His Word. And so I want to take some time to kind of dig into the Christmas story today. And we're going to talk about the story of the Magi. And I know you've heard this story, but... The, the church, for whatever reason, over time, has really pushed the story together. And we kind of think that it's all happening at once. You know, the, the shepherds and the wise men. But there's some gap in there, and I want to look at that. And there's some powerful things that are happening. And sort of taking some time and looking at the scripture and looking at the history will help us pull it apart and understand a little better. And this is about hope. And I love that the Magi are in this story because they're a picture to me of what biblical hope looks like. Biblical hope is, is, is this understanding. It's the confident expectation that God will do what he says he's going to do. Worldly hope is different. It's sort of a based on a feeling that we hope something will happen. You know, we, that something's going to happen. We, but biblical hope is beyond that. It's more than a feeling. It's bigger. It's based on the confidence that we can have because God is faithful. And we've seen it. Over and over again. It's not that everything's always happened the way we want it to happen, but God is faithful in the bigger story, which we know pretty well, and in our part in the story, and we see him there. And so we, we begin to put our hope in him, and we're people of hope. We did a whole series on that earlier this year, and we know the amazing promise we have in Revelation 21, when new heaven comes to renewed earth, and we get new physical bodies, and uh, we're, we're going to go and have the relationship that we were always intended, that we blew that we blew up way back then, but God is pursuing us to restore and reconcile. So we have this amazing hope of who he is and what he's going to do. And, gonna do. and so we're, we're to hang on to that as people of hope. The writer of Hebrews said, let us hold unswervingly. Without swerving, hang on to this hope, the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. And because he's faithful, he's, we can trust him and we can put our hope in him. And, and so I see, I see the picture of the, this mad, the Magi. You know, they, they see a star and they have this, this sort of understanding that if they follow it, they're going to meet with God. And they go. That's their hope. And it works out. And it's very cool. So let's start by this. He is the God of all hope. So we hang on to that. We know that. Now let's kind of dig into the story. And we'll, we'll just take our time and slow down and see what's going on. Uh, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Jared. King Jared. Oof, 
or King Herod. Judea, all these words start to happen very quickly. So, he's born and at this time. And so what you should see there is after is kind of interesting. After Jesus was born. So you ask, well, when? What are we talking about? Next day? That day? Right away? Some, had some time passed? Because in the story, and when you understand that you're kind of trying to see that answered as you read, uh, Matthew is going to tell us that some time had passed. And really, it looks like a couple of years had passed um, from the time of the birth until the time that the Magi arrive on the scene. Some time has passed anyway, and we'll, we'll look at why. One of the reasons we know it might be a two-year time is because in this passage, in this chapter, uh, if you read on, is this, her- this act of uh, this horrific thing that Herod does is recorded in there. And it sort of gives us a timeline. And the horrific event, I, 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 I hate bringing it into the story, but is that he has all of the male children in Bethlehem killed two years and under, trying to get to Jesus to have him killed. And uh, I hate that story. But what this story highlights, why it's in there, is that in this time of history, evil is rampant. And and it's it's a dark, dark time in history. That's why when, when we read next week, we talk about the light of the world entering into it. It's significant because of how dark the world was and, and is in, in many ways. But, but this is going on and the light's going to be revealed. But at this point in history, it's darkness and, and evil is happening. We'll get to more about Herod in just a moment. And, and so that verse, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east, or wise men, came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. So this is interesting. Let's kind of get to the cast of characters here. Uh, First off, we have Herod. I mentioned him a little. Uh, And Herod is a bad guy. That's to put it mildly. Uh, I said to the last group, I'll say it again, he's, in, in the way that you should read this, he's the personification of evil in this story. He claims to be the king of the Jews, but he's not in the lineage, the proper lineage. Um, he is uh, that at all because of a political appointment from Rome. He's killed off any rivalries that he might have, any rivals that he might have in the story, and he's set himself up as the king of the Jews. Now... <laughs> He's trying to win favor of the people by rebuilding the temple, and he's doing it spectacularly, apparently, but it's known as Herod's Temple. Now, you should begin to see that this is a problem, because that's not Herod's temple, for one thing. It's God's temple, which is how it should be known there in Jerusalem, and we know how important temple is anyway, right? It's that place where heaven and earth meet. Well... Herod is, is, is the evil one sneaking in there claiming to be the king of the Jews. That's what's going on in the story. You have the evil one there and he's, he's, you know, just desecrating the temple already by calling it Herod's temple. Uh, and he, he's a, a false king in every sense of the word. And you, you can tell Matthew is sort of, he's getting people hopefully to see that in, and killing the infants. He's much like Pharaoh. Just the evil of Pharaoh and the hard-heartedness of Pharaoh and how uh, Pharaoh was against, you know, God's people and what he did to try and stop them and kill the male, uh, all those things. That's a picture of what's going on with Herod 
in this story. So there's a comparison. And it's great because if you're an Exodus thinker like I am, you, you remember the first Exodus, right? When God sets his people free from slavery and bondage in Egypt. And now we're getting ready for the next Exodus, the big Exodus for us, which is Jesus is coming. He's going to be our Exodus. He's going to make a way for us to be set free from slave, uh, the slavery to sin and bondage. And so all these stories are wrapping together. So we got Herod in this story. And then we've got the Magi. Ah, the wise men. Now, I, so uh, a couple of things. First, I hope when you when you read scripture, you, you really try and think about what's happening and get the story in your mind of what's going on. And so we have this evil king there and this darkness. And then into the story burst these guys from Babylon, these magi. Now, the best way I can think of to picture them is uh, if you've ever seen any of the Disney Aladdin stuff. And how they're dressed. Cartoons, movies, wherever. With the bright colors, the greens and the blues and the yellows and the things. And, the, and, and so they're, they're, they're ornately dressed and it's really cool. And another thing in the story, I, I, there's not three of them. There was three gifts. They wouldn't have traveled just three of them with all those treasures. They wouldn't have made it a day back then where they would have been killed and robbed. It was a group of them. Uh, and they come, this group of wise men and magis with soldiers and everything. They would have come on steeds because they're from Babylon. They would have come on horses. And they would have been impressive when they arrived on the scene in Jerusalem. A big group with all these colors. Whew, horses. Just, just get that picture. It's really cool of what's happening. And they show up and they say, hey, we're looking for the king of the Jews. Now, guess who thinks he's the king of the Jews or claiming to be? Herod. And he's not real happy with what's going on. The, the wise men come in and say, look, we've seen his star when it rose. We, and we've come to worship him. And so you have this amazing story going on. And then look at Herod's reaction. I love this. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed. That word loses something in translation. Some of your translations may say upset. Literally, it means he was shaking because this was not what he wanted. He'd, he'd killed every obstacle to the throne. He'd made every deal he needed to. He was the king of the Jews. That's what he was selling people. And now here comes this group that he can't just sort of write off. It's not just three guys who show up. It's this group uh, in these colors. And they've made this big impact on the city. Everybody, did you see the group that ran in? And they're like, hey, we're, we're looking for the king of the Jews. And by the way, Herod, definitely not you. And so he's not happy, as you can imagine. And, and, and he's, he can't just dismiss them or have them kill him. He, he, so he has to kind of work along with it. So what he does is he calls together all the people's chiefs, priests, and teachers of the law. And he said, okay, where's the Messiah? Where, where's this guy going to be born? And so they show up and they say, oh, in Jerusalem, uh, in Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. And this is Micah, uh, the prophet Micah. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler uh, who will shepherd my people, uh, Israel. So we have this happening. Now, uh, Herod calls the Magi and he tries to get them away from the rest of the crowd because this is not going well for him, this whole there's somebody to be born that's king of the Jews, and he's already claimed it. And so he calls them secretly, and he wants to know the exact time the star had appeared. He, you need to be asking yourself why, because he's not a good guy. Listen to what he said. I love this, because when Alice reads this, and, and I said something in the last service, but before I hadn't said anything. When she reads it, her voice starts to sound evilly, because she gets it. You, you sort of get it. 
And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. And as soon as you find him, report to me so that I, too, may go to worship him. But that's not what his plan is at all, right? It's the personification of evil. I hope you hear it like that. Ooh, this is a this is a bad guy. This was a place somewhere everybody would be booing at him right now. Boo! So, so they go, and he sends them on their way. Now, something else that is fascinating. So the chief priests and the and the scribes, the one who knew the the book as far as they could tell, and they knew how they answered the question. Uh, you should find it fascinating that they, they know what the Bible says and they don't head out on that six-mile journey over to Bethlehem to check out what's going on. No interest at all. They don't want to go. Oh, so there's something pretty big in that part of the story. And, and so they don't go. They're going to hang out there in Jerusalem in the darkness of what's happening in the legalistic mess that, that everything had happened to. And after they'd heard the king, they went on their way. When they heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. Now, this is so cool, um, because you need to take this into the picture. I love how much description is here. So these guys, picture these guys in Babylon. They see the star, and they're drawn to it, and they know that they need to go, and they begin this journey. It's about a four-month journey. Somewhere along the way, the star isn't visible to them. But they go to Jerusalem because they figure, well, that's the city of God. That's where we're going to go. And so they go to Jerusalem. And, and, and I hope you saw that, that they got that far. It was revelation that got them close. But it was when the scripture was opened that they knew where to go to Jesus. That's very cool, too. That you need the scripture to point you to Jesus. You need to hear the gospel, the good news. Anyway. So they don't see the star, and then when they leave Jerusalem on the way to Bethlehem, the star, they can see it again. It's a picture of how dark it really was, how evil it really was at that point in time. It was so evil in the city of God, if you would, that the light of God couldn't shine there. And so it pops up again on the way to Bethlehem. And, and it, you know, they were overjoyed when the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was and so something important there are a couple of things in that verse i'm coming to the house so that's going to mess up your he's no longer in the stable he's moved locations uh, he's not there and he's no longer a baby he's now a child there's a difference time has passed so i just it's not you know it's not it doesn't mean you can't get the story the other way it's just you, you need to see what's happening they've made this long journey there's lots of events it's a big picture of all that god is doing and the things that he's using and now jesus is a child he's somewhere between you know infant and two and um he's in a house with his parents good aren't you glad they didn't have to stay in the stable it's an upgrade and they're there, and they see the child when they go into the house. And, and uh, I, I love this story. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. See, that, that, that's hope fulfilled, right? They'd gone searching for this mighty king, king of kings and lord of lords. And when they find him, when they find Jesus, they can't help but bow down and worship and that's what happened. And then they open their treasures and present um, him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So again, have that big picture in your just 
How amazing it must have been. And even, for, you know, for Joseph and Mary, you know, the whole shepherd thing had been amazing, right? Like that show up. And now, sometime later, like another big reminder, here comes this people dressed up like Aladdin's folks, right? Boom, just the storming in. And they, they fall down and they worship and then they open out of their treasures and they bring these gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, here's another thing. I used to think about why were those the gifts? And I, I, this is a great connection. Because, so you can trust God, because God's got you, and, and he's going to be with you, and walk with you forever, and he knows the situations of your life, and he is so much, you know, our provider, right? Uh, and, and because you know he's faithful, you can trust him, because you can look back and see how he's been faithful to his promises on the, on, in our own lives, and also in the whole bigger picture of the story, and then we know that he's going to continue to be faithful. This stuff, that they're, the, these gifts, I used to think, what's the big deal? Well, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So uh, where are those things going to be most valuable at this point in history? Is Egypt. Because Egypt's whole culture is very involved in the, the sort of way they prepare bodies after death. And these would all be significant things that they would use. The, the frankincense and the myrrh for preparation of the bodies. The gold because they did a lot of ornate design and work on those things. Well, guess who's about to be told they have to go to Egypt in a dream? Mary, Joseph, Jesus are told in the dream they've got to flee. And have you ever thought how God has just provided for their way there and their way back? with everything they need, by giving them gifts that are going to have their greatest value in Egypt. See, God, look, don't let God become so small in your life that you think there's only a certain way he can do things in your own life. And you, you kind of try and get him in this box that you can manage. God is, is in this whole big story. And I look at the story and I think, you know, there's a lot going on there. Like, so four months Prior to this, he lets these magi see a star because he loves them and he's drawing them in. But he also knows that they'll bring stuff to this couple who's in this house now in Bethlehem who need to get out of there because Herod's a bad guy, evil personified. He needs to provide for them. So he brings those guys on this journey to give them these gifts that are going to be and have their most value in the place where he's going to send them and have enough to get back. God is big like that. I see people all the time getting stuck, and they make God so small. And I want to go like, really? My God is so much bigger than that. And he's your God too. Change the way you're thinking. Open it up a little bit. Quit putting him in a box. Just stop it. He's huge. He's, he's magnificent. He's awesome. If the King of kings and Lord of lords can come on a Christmas day, born in that lowly way of birth, in a, in a lowly little manger, and instead of coming in the way we would expect him to, as you know, this big, you know, big massive movement on the way in, he comes in this very humble way. Why? So he can relate to us. He gets us. He wants to, he lives like us, only without sin. And then willingly goes to the cross on our behalf and defeats death and sin and all those things. See, that's the God that you serve. That's the God of your story. And he's invited you into it. And realize, as you look at the simple little Christmas story, it's so much bigger than we've let it be. And it's amazing. I, I love this time of year. Do you know, I get pretty excited about Jesus all the time. Alice and I went to Key West yesterday after the baptism, which was cool, because we wanted a um, hibiscus. No. Poinsettia. I told you, I always get them... 
not a flower guy. Like the guys at a seminar one time, and the seminar speaker tells the crowd, and he says, you know, husbands, you should know what your wife's favorite flower is. And the guy leans over and says, it's Pillsbury, right, honey? I'm, I'm moving away. <laughs> I've lost my thread and my train now. Listen, so we, I'll finish my story. So we went to Home Depot, and we got some um, poinsettias. We got two. And you know what? All of their Christmas stuff is gone. Every bit. No display. I was sad. It's only December 11th. And I know it goes up earlier and all those things, and I'm happy about that. You couldn't get it too early for me. But it's gone. And I'm like, no, no, we're not done by a long shot yet. It's just getting started. You know, the, the, the 12 days of Christmas start after Christmas. Do you know that? You guys, we get our celebrations. I mean, it's good that we celebrate now, but don't shut it down. 26, oh, we're done. Uh-uh, that's day two. Anyway, they've been warned in a dream not to go back. That uh, Magi said, they don't go back. All right, let's wrap this up. So, third point. It's about hope. So, you know, we, I want to be, we're people of hope. Let's make sure we have our hope where it needs to be. And even from a story like this, I think when you read a story like that, 12 verses, we just broke it down and talked about it. We slowed down, dug into it a little bit, and let the scripture really speak to us. And I think there's some questions that we can ask when we go through that. Like, like there's the main characters, like Herod. Well, I hope it can't be like Herod. You know, here's the thing. Herod personifies evil. He's gotten off track. And, and the problem with Herod was he was more concerned about saving his throne than he was about saving his soul. And we have to be careful that we don't get hung up on our own little thrones. And I would say we all got some. And that we regularly need to be dealing with that because those little things are what catch us and keep us from living the kind of life that God really wants us to live. We get hung up in our own way instead of his way. It's been the history of all of us. So I think we are constantly need to be looking about those things and, and you know, surrendering those things to God. Really, you know, Herod would have been much better to go, King of the Jews is here, where I am going to go and worship and do just that. And go, but the enemy's not like that, is he? How about the chief priests and the scribes? What can we learn from them? Listen, it's not enough just to know the scripture. You have to be in a relationship with God and the Holy Spirit where it changes you. See, the scripture, the power of the word should be changing you from the inside out. And so I want you to get a hold of that. That's important. That, that as we dig into the word, it changes us. That's what's so cool about the word. Or, or, or like the Magi. Or, I love again. Remember I said to you that last week it was the shepherds who were the outcasts? That he called in, and they would have been people of Israel, outcasts, called in. The Babylonian wise men were Gentiles. And God reaches out to them and says, hey, I want you to know my son, too. You couldn't get much farther out if you were to ask the religious community. The shepherds were pretty far out. These guys were even worse. And God's not like that. He comes calling us. And, and so I want you to, to respond to that call. Matthew says, come to me, all you are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. That's the invitation into his story. It's the best story going. We break it down and look at little pieces like, ooh, so cool. And, and, and yet your story's just like that. Think about the, 
that just everything that he's done and is doing and is promised and know that he's invited you in. And as he invites you in, there's rest for your soul. And once your soul's at rest, you can put your trust in him and you'll find that your hope is in him. And that's where we really begin to experience the life he's called us to. So that's Advent hope. I'm going to end it right there. Alice, my love, why don't you come and we'll lean in the Lord for a moment. We'll pray. Ministry team, those who are here, why don't you head over to the wall? And uh, people on their way over are pray for you. If you need any prayer for anything, we want to make sure you get it. But let's pray. Papa, um, you're amazing, God. There's, there's no one like you. And we're amazed, God, at your goodness and at your faithfulness and at your love for us. And how you pursue us. The Christmas story is this, is this picture of you pursuing us. Even though we've gone our own way, you pursue us and invite us to come that we might know you. And God, we are thankful for the life that you give us, for the hope that we have in you, for the, for the amazing love and joy and peace, God, that we talk about here during this week and hope, Lord, in our lives. And may those be the things that we experience in this season and moving forward as we respond to and engage ourselves in your story. Amen. I think during this Christmas season, someone just needs to hear that it's okay if you're a little sad. And the Lord just wants to touch that. And and he's going to do it in a really subtle way. And I know you've heard that God is naturally supernatural. And sometimes he comes into our lives and he does things. And it's so subtle that you could almost miss it. And I just want to pray over you that you wouldn't miss it because it's definitely going to hit you. And you're going to go, that was God. That was God. So be encouraged. And, Lord, I pray right now that nobody in this room would miss you walking past us today, that we would see your goodness and know your shalom. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All of this is experienced by responding to the invitation. He, and, and he's invited you into his story. How do we respond? We confess, we believe in our heart, confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. It's really that he's done all the work. It's just us saying, Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? And if you've never done it, do it now. Best decision you will ever make. Changes everything. And it's all about the faithfulness of God. Thanks again, church, for your amazing generosity. What a joy it is to partner with you in this ministry. And uh, we bless you for your faithfulness to your giving, your offering, your tithing. God bless you for that. We better sing doxology because it's about to rain, children. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. We'll see you soon. Go out these doors. They'll be open for you. And have a great day and a great weekend, everybody. God bless you. God bless you guys. Thanks for coming. We'll see you soon. Next week we'll be talking about love. We'll be in John 1, the light of the world. Very excited about that. Have a great week, everybody. Merry Christmas. Bye-bye.